Four on the bounce. I do not have a witty intro. I, I'm not prepared for this. I cannot come up with anything. This is just the Owls Americast, Sheffield Wednesday opinion with an American accent. I'm your host, Jeffrey Paternostro. Uh, after Patty's egg white cocktail slander last week, so I dug around. I wanted to find something that wasn't just a simple sour, although I ended up getting kind of a simple sour. Uh, I wanted something, uh, something a little creative, but that incorporated the egg white had nice layers it's called heaven my reward it's from comfort station in cincinnati ohio it's a new york sour riff with uh tequila mezcal lemon juice uh an adobo infused honey syrup the aforementioned egg white and a red wine float uh unfortunately patty was late getting into the room for recording so i drank all of it before he got here. They want to see that horrible concoction. A purpose that was late, so they have to see that horrible concoction. So I had to go make another one. I was going to use another egg white. So I made it just as the sour because I was curious how it tasted uh, as like a traditional sour. It was good, but I do think the red wine float actually does add a little bit. So I included that as well in in the course of making it. So I'm already on my second cocktail. We got two more wins to talk about. So I may have also tested the red wine at dinner and had a few glasses of that to make sure it was an appropriately bold red wine as the cocktail dictated. So let's dive right in. In New Jersey, it's Patty Jones. Patty, what are you drinking? I assume it does not have an egg white in it. It does not, no. Um, I've gone uh, ultra basic today, ultra basic bitch. I have a Riesling. I had some nice I don't know, some nice shrimp scampi. Oh, that's uh, a good, good combo, yeah. And pasta for the lunch, and I've just been plowing through some German or Northwest. <laughs> you know, I meant to look before I came up. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> I think he might be local. Sweet or off trial? Yeah, there's a lot. There's some decent Rieslings in the Hudson Valley too, actually now, and even upstate yeah. a little bit. Yeah. Yeah, I usually go for oh, in the in City Winery in um, New York mm-hmm. City. They have some good uh, local upstate Rieslings, so I hope it's one of those, but I can't remember. <laughs> also on the line. Our New England Owl, Justin DeSorger. Justin, what are you drinking? Uh, still on the wagon, so going with some uh, bits and bubs. Uh, a handful of splashes of bitters into some uh, sparkling water. Uh, usually a, a go-to of mine when uh, taking a trip off the booze. And uh, much like last week, I uh, attempted to time out the eating of my edibles. And much like last week, one of you clowns showed up really late. So... Once again, we'll uh, get a little bit lost as this pod wanders on. Bitters and tonic was for a while my uh, go-to drink during prospect list season until I decided to go with the aphorism, write drunk, edit sober. And I don't do the editing, so. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I do do the editing for this podcast, so we'll try to keep it somewhat on target. Wednesday, we're on target this week. We have two wins to discuss against Burton and Wigan. We have the usual Wednesday news and two more match previews. We can continue our eight math match month. This week, it's Rotherham and Accrington Stanley. We'll start with the match reviews. We will start with Burton. We will start with the thumbs up. We will start with uh, Patty. Patty, are you trying to make Majo happen? Yeah, Macho is my uh, my, my uh, yeah. When I write my notes, I have, I have to usually do like uh, initials, but I don't know why. But I've never gone with MJ for Marvin. Mm-hmm. I've always gone Majo all the time. Yeah. So Majo uh, is my up for Burton, and I think is my up for this. I, I would have given. I think it was last week. Who's running um, 
Luongo close to a player of the month. He continued in that bane against Burton. All the good things that happened in this game, I think, came through uh, Marvin. Uh, that left foot of his is just so sweet. I think he put a ball in in the first like 10, 15 minutes uh, to back post. He barely lifted his, his like heel and he just pinged it. It was so sweet. And he does it time and time again. A uh, big fan of Marjo nowadays. Um, so, yeah, it's my thumbs up. Hey, we talked him up last week, right? And, and how good he's been since he moved out to the wing. Um, it's his tough. Natural like, I, position. I thought about it. Yeah, yeah. Shocking what happens when you put somebody in, in the right spot. Um, yeah, just, just stunning. He's, he's, he's an absolute lock for the team every game and you know what i really love and, and we saw it today when they were really working up that left side whether it was baz coming out or palmer overlapping johnson coming in johnson going out wide we're really attacking down the left um man he makes good runs too like he puts himself in a good spots and he he gets out ahead uh you know to give you a space to give the ball he's he's been fabulous he's he's been our He's really been the go-to guy the last four or five games now. And, and I think all of us are probably a little bit surprised. Well, again, we didn't like to see him play left wing that much this year before he had to become a uh, major. And like, look, I would not play him at center back given any other options, but he worked hard there. Like he wasn't for a, you know, for literally a left winger playing center back. I thought he acquitted himself. He, he, you know, he did what he could basically is what it comes down to. He was certainly playing there a lot during their 11 match unbeaten run. And that's like all you can really ask outside of, you know, having three fit center backs at any given time. That's clearly too much to ask this season. So <laughs> here we are. Yeah. Him, him and Hunt were, were actually pretty good in the Burton game. There was a stretch, you know, once we kind of got it together a little bit, um, in the first half, it was it was all of our offense came to our wing backs. Yeah, I don't know uh, how between, it's like between this is, him and him and him this and happened Hunt. in both these games. Like they're having Jack Hunt make a lot of runs to the far post on crosses and trying to win headers. I don't know if that's a, that's a viable strategy for scoring goals. Well, but but that's what got Johnson his goal and then yeah. that offsides goal, right? You yeah. know, getting it from the wings and and trying to add that one extra guy um, outside. I don't think that's ideal. Like I think. And we'll touch on this. I think maybe you want uh, somebody in the middle who can handle that <laughs> cross. Uh, but uh, hey, again, to, to speak to it, both both Johnson and Hunt were were excellent, um, or as much as one could operate during that Burton game. Yes, Justin, your thumbs up is Bailey Peacock Farrell. Yeah, I thought I thought he had a uh, a pretty solid game against Burton. He wasn't needed much, and then. You know, the way this entire sport seems to work, I assume it's other teams than just us, but it's it's always that you can be in control, be in control, and there's always a, a late spurt, you know, no matter who's playing, there's the the team that's losing or, or the team that's that's down always manages to find a couple opportunities late. Unless, it was, unless it was Wednesday last year chasing the game. <laughs> But that was a guarantee, they, right? Yeah, they just kick it around and uh, yeah, kick it around outside the opponent's Ugh. box for twenty minutes. Yeah. Ugh. Um, but yeah, so so Farrell had the two the Peacock Farrell had the two great plays late. Seventy six minute Hutch and Story, who I thought were really good for most of the game and today as well. Uh, basically, 
banged into each other and the ball bounced right over them. And Burton's yeah. number 10 walked in all alone and Farrell came sliding out and uh, made the blocking save um, and then hopped back up and caught uh, the ball coming back in. So that was huge. And then even after the uh, uh, late goal there, uh, Peacock Farrell had in the 87th minute, he had one where the ball ricocheted off the post. And when the rebound came, uh, he had his hand out and just stuck the hand out to knock that ball down and then calmly collect it. And I remember, Patty, you talking at the beginning of the year, too, about, you know, we'd been used to seeing these other uh, keepers and how strong Peacock Farrell's hands were and wrists were. And, you know, that was another great example. Get that big paw down, knock it down. And that's that's one of those like that's one of those like Kieran Westwood point blank saves where it's just. Yes, that's exactly what that was. It's a good call. Um, And, you know, that's either one of those goes in. Everything's a little different. So. We'd been talking last week about his trouble doing nothing for 70 minutes and then, you know, attempting to fuck something up. I I do want to give him a shout out for Burton for not having much to do for 70 minutes and then coming up big. So this is a weird this is a weird criticism. I don't know. It's a criticism per se. Um, I think part of the problem with with Peacock Farrell is that he is a very good shot uh, stopper. His distribution is pretty good as well. So he, where his issue is coming for balls, either crosses or balls over the top, like he doesn't marshal the area as well as like a, as like a Kieran Westwood or Chris Kirkland. But the problem is the finishing in this league is so bad that he doesn't really have an opportunity. People aren't putting shots on frame. So he doesn't have an opportunity to show, you know, to do the, to, to use a hockey metaphor to like stand on his head, right. And make those really noticeable saves that he's certainly capable of making in a lot of cases. So you see this stuff where he looks a little, where he's flapping at balls or he's not quite marshalling the area as well as he should. And that stands out. And like, look, that's four clean sheets in a row now. And he's certainly been a part of that. You know, he's certainly part of that defensive unit. And I think he deserves credit for that. But he, again, he's, done well when called upon it's just like a weird situation where he hasn't really been called upon well and i i wanted to you raised a good point i wonder if there's something to this i'm not knowledgeable enough about the sport to really be able to judge um or the position certainly but in hockey uh i have heard from goaltenders and talked to goaltenders personally who say that it can be very challenging to play a level down Uh, because you're so used to putting yourself in a certain position because that's where the shots go. That's where people put it. You know, you're used to a certain speed. You play down and people are taking dumb shots or the puck is coming off their stick weird. And and you may have something there, Jeff, that may be a good point. Well, the the other thing too, so he he comes from Burnley, which plays a certain way, right? They're always going to invite opponents' possession, shots on target, shots, you know, shots in general, shots on target. He's the number one choice keeper for Northern Ireland, which again is going to, in most of their games, he's going to have a lot to do. And you've seen what he's done. Even when he was struggling with Wednesday internationally, he was still very strong. So I do wonder how much of that is sort of the way, you know, Wednesday, the way teams, not even that Wednesday has been great in League One because they have not, but the way teams set up against Wednesday for the most part in League One 
does not allow him to show his strengths as much. Uh, it could be anything. He hasn't had, you know, who's who's been playing in front of him. <laughs> yeah, know? also that. It's been, you know, they, they finally now, well, here's the thing, right? They finally got had a pretty steady routine the last yep. you know month or so, and we're starting to see hopefully the fruits of it. My thumbs up is they did what they had to do. Uh, they played on the surface of the moon, basically. And like, look, we've seen some bad pitches at Hillsborough over the years. This was like within five minutes, just watching them try to play across the ground. It took them almost a half hour to kind of get the feel of the pitch, especially towards the towards the camera side, like down the end. It was really bad, but it was just bobbling and everything. It was windy. Burton weren't really particularly good. Um, and the they, ref, the ref was letting everything go. Too. Ref was letting was everything a, go. He let yeah. that be a real physical game. Yeah. And they just, they adjusted. They did what they had to do. They went to a team, you know, a mid table team, but a couple spots behind them on the road and they got a result. It wasn't the prettiest game of football ever, but they did what they, these are the games you got to win in league one. Uh, I noticed someone in the WhatsApp group said like, I thought every game would be like this. And I, and I get that. We haven't had like some true, this was a true league one fixture. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know if we want to go ahead. Sorry, Patty. Blood, mud and thunder. Wasn't it really? It was, Mm. uh, it wasn't much quality. I was saying to Justin before we recorded, I was trying to find a thumbs down. I just, it was just a bit of a non-game at the end of it. It was, it was, yes, it was good to get in a clean sheet and it was a bit hairy towards the end as usual, but, um, uh, we came away with a, another clean sheet and we came away with a 2-0 I, win. Like, so. I don't even remember most of this game and it was three days ago. Yeah, no, me neither. Um, <laughs> it, it was, I was watching it's it with true. the New York Owls, there were six of us, we had, yeah. a, we had a decent turnout. Uh, and we just started talking for the first like yeah. 40 minutes because nothing was happening. I originally just... put Morricum on the document because I forgot that we played Burton <laughs> on the week. <laughs> I literally, this game was like completely, it was a complete cipher, just a non-entity of a game. Nice to see Byers get on the score sheet again. I don't remember who scored the second goal. Oh, it was uh, Bannon, like, Sal's, off Sal's thigh or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah it didn't work I out thought... what Patterson was doing with his cele- mm. celebration. He kind of just ran in random directions I twice. Saw, I saw Sal pe- uh, so peel off, so I knew he, it had come off him because he's the guy, he, like, he knows. And then Bannon went, went to the other direction thinking he pinged it into the bottom <laughs> corner. Yeah, but... yeah, the way it goes. I wonder if Bannon took the penalty today because he wanted... Uh, get the goal back <laughs> i was so nervous for that penalty we'll get into that later yeah it's fine uh but you want to go into the continue with your thumbs down as sort of being a non-game yeah i think it's the i'll be there. i just couldn't really find much about it It was just very scrappy the, the pitch didn't help yeah. i don't think there was any real poor performances from our from our players they just did as best as they could I they all think, fought I, like i didn't think bannon was very good in this game uh, i thought he was better today but i did not think you had a had a great second half today field. second half today especially yeah yeah, first half. I actually have in my notes from the first half today, Baz garbage. So, uh, but the second half was better. Uh, That's for sure. Your thumbs down, Justin, is the conditions. Yeah, Which that ties. Then, yeah. That ties your last. It, again, up it's League One, man. I don't know what down. you expect. No, but it was. It, it was it, bad. It really was. It was bad. Like my son, you know, my son's eight, going on nine. Like he knows the game, he understands, but he's fucking eight like he doesn't know what he's talking about and even he was like look at the field near the coaches yeah. and it was it was it was surface of the moon you couldn't see any grass you could see when they were trying um, to play was, out they're trying to play from the midfield out to the wings when they've had successfully you can just see it like 
very difficult ball oh, to control skipping time a after time well, yeah i was telling patty i i have in my notes um here and this is messy start is it the pitch is it the weather is it the quality of the teams it's all, all the above <laughs> right but my next note says why the fuck are we lumping it long and then i said with the wind and i immediately realized and wrote oh because you can't go on the brown because hmm. the pitch <laughs> like it was it was horrible there are be more games like, like this said, too they, you're getting they through it. you're getting deep into yeah. the season now every pitch is getting a little torn up and you're gonna see more of these uh, away from home, I think. So, they, well, it's nice to know we can persevere through that. that way. <sighs> My thumbs down are the fans. Um, yeah, there's no way to sugarcoat this. I've always thought that you know the Wednesday fans can be very tough, especially at home. They, you know, they boo the team off the field at halftime more than they should. Certainly, there have been performances that have deserved it. I've always seen the the away, the traveling support is sort of being the uh, the best of us, right? Taking 2,500 to all parts of England on any given day. Midweek, Saturday, Sunday at 7 a.m. here, noon over there. It doesn't really matter. Um, the behavior in the Burton game was abhorrent. Like that is just should not be acceptable to anyone. And you can look at it, and I know they played it off on commentary, like, oh, we don't have, like, no, it happened down on the away end. And yeah. if, you, if you looked at the, the people that were tweeting out that were there and the chants that were coming from that section, like, the club has to come out and make a strong statement about this. And I'm a little disappointed that they didn't, in all honesty. Yeah, I haven't seen anything yet. I think there was something, um, literally a sentence at the end of the match preview before tonight's game saying, Supporters must uh, pay attention to our uh, kind of behavior rules for all home and away games. That was the least they could do. Um, yeah, it wasn't wasn't great. No, I I didn't I hadn't realized it was a, a female linesman initially. I just I don't know, just didn't notice during the course that. And you see the ref run over, and it's like, well, what is going on? The fact that the ref has to come over and do something um, uh, that people are throwing shit onto the field yeah i understand this has been this has been happening more across the sport recently and i don't i don't have a good explanation for it one way or the other other than this needs to be deemed unacceptable but i don't know why i think there's you know there's some there's some things you can look at like you know what is the as the sort of the People willing to travel for these games change. I don't think that's really true at this at, at this point in time, at least. But it's just there's been a global fucking pandemic for two years. Everybody's you know, fucking I, everyone's done. Trying, you know, no, I, like, I, I, I think that that plays something into it. it but it doesn't excuse it. No, and, and you know if they're throwing ball. And that my problem was when I well, there was like the, the, like the, the bottle. You knew that they were. When I realized it was a girl, you knew yeah. that the same fucking idiots that were going to do that were going to be chanting and saying embarrassing just totally unnecessary inappropriate things in her direction and, and like there was no like not that a bad decision would justify that but it was a like consistently refereed game like i don't like what are we doing it was consistent yeah. they, they did they did let them play um but it was and it's not on the fucking linesman and you don't use the lineman's gender as a target of you know, your ire, you know, it's just, yeah, I'm with you. Again, it was, not it was that disappointing. This, again, not that this 
should matter in any way, shape, or form. But I thought, you know, one of the best refereed games we've seen this year was by a woman in the Pizza Cup. True. I forgot about that. And, like, the standard of refereeing in this league is not good. Which I think we're all aware of. Well, no. Which we, I like again. I mean, we can we'll, we'll, we'll get into the Wigan game in a bit, but it's just like no, this is this should be completely and utterly deemed unacceptable. And the club, I think, needs to come out and make a stronger statement about it. So with that, we will move on to the Wigan game. Another uh, another good win. Why you know the team was in? I think they're still in second place, but the team was in second place. Well, they're, they're second with a bunch of games in hand, yeah. too. So, you know, they're they're pretty comfortably up in that area. Uh, but Wednesday took three points from them. And, Patty, your thumbs up here is the midfield trio. Yeah, I think it's one of the first times um, that all our midfielders played well. Um, it's usually we've, we've been slating Balanoff occasionally. Uh, Luongo's been good Baez had a good few games but I felt that Bannon uh, and Luongo and Baez looked absolutely brilliant today and, and they all knew their role they all had a, a great role to play the, the tactics worked Luongo and Baez seem to have formed this kind of formidable kind of double pivot that we've been uh, wanting for a while now where if one goes forward one stays back uh, but they're both very good at, um different kinds of balls this, this different like changing the um direction of like there's a few reverse passes that bias likes to do into the kind of like channels of the 18 yard box uh luongo's just bleeding as usual today uh, tonight as well thankfully hopefully it won't, won't be a uh a long time there was a i don't remember when exactly it was i should have made notes while i was watching there was a tackle he made to set up a counterattack around midfield that any other central midfielder would have taken the man out and i don't know how he like managed to contort his body around to win the ball and slide it directly to i think uh either patterson or kim barry in that spot um just absolutely like i'm just waiting for the rest whistle to blow i'm looking like oh man he just took the ball <laughs> he just took the ball somehow like like he, he was completely shielded and just like oh no i'm going for it and managed to do it oh it was yeah and you thought as soon as you saw the slide and the ball come away you thought that's got to be a foul there yeah no uh, it, it was fantastic. Um, it was only last month we were playing Fazio, Del Bashiro, and Lewis Wing in those positions. Mm-hmm. Now we've got Baez and Luongo. Baez looks like a different man. Yeah. What's he been doing while he's been off? It must have been like it's, it's well, such he didn't a really person. get so he didn't really get into the squad for any extended period of time before his injury. But the cameos we saw, it wasn't nothing. Sure, I mean nothing promised what we've seen so far. He he was double pivoting with with Bannon, and that's not. That doesn't work. Him double pivoting with Luongo most certainly does. <laughs> yeah, um, it's just such it's such a good with Marvin Johnson there and uh, whoever we play on that right wing back or right wing Jack Hunt today. I think he does a great job. Uh, we look solid. It's a very great uh, that spine we spoke about needed for a while now uh, with Hutchinson back there and Story and BPF. It doesn't really matter. Uh, oh, it probably will matter over the course of the season, but today it didn't matter that we didn't have really any of our first-choice strikers playing uh, because with that quality in the rest of the pitch, um, we, we, we pushed it over the line. We did enough. Justin, your thumbs up is specifically George Byers. Yeah, and I actually don't really need to spend too much time on him. Like, I'm already feeling like we're 
saying the same things we did last week on several different areas. And it's not a bad thing. Like it's no. actually a really good thing. The consistent performances, amazingly enough. Yeah, with these, but players Marvin Johnson, George Byers, uh, Massimo Luongo, these players are having consistently quality performances game after game after game right now, which is why we are in very good form and you know things are going really well. So I don't have much to say about George Byers other than he was fucking everywhere. He covered the entire pitch. He was good on his feet. He was good on the ground. He was good with the ball. He was good off the ball. Um, you know, it just, I, I had highlighted a play in the 67th minute where he came up and made a big, you know, slid in on a play. One of those that, again, could have wiped somebody out, uh, did not knock the ball down the sideline. Uh, they ended up recovering and he got all the way back into position to pick the pass off. And it was just covering an immense amount of ground today. Um, so good for him. As, as you just pointed out, Patty, it's, it's a totally different looking guy than than we saw uh, earlier this year and it's long may we see him do we ha- i don't even know do we have him on a loan or is he actually a uh, wednesday player <laughs> i don't remember just thinking that i had, think had like 14 transfers or whatever in that period so i don't remember if he was here on a loan or if he was one of the ones they got on a free i think he's on a free but i'm pulling that out of my ass so I'm patty's hitting the wikipedia so do it patty you're on the wikipedia well, Jeff, you your thumbs answer? up. Can you give me an answer? Well, Patty's figuring out if George Byers is a permanent Wednesday player. I'm typing. I'm typing. <laughs> uh, my thumbs up is actually Jordan's story. And this can actually go for both games. Uh, I thought he was a little better yes. in, the, in the game against the Latex. But, uh, man, again, with with Harley Dean out and Hutch is very good, but he's not – I don't wouldn't call him a natural center back per se. Story is just everywhere. And he's just like, he's just very, very tidy. Like he does stuff you're not necessarily, like he can make a goal-saving tackle. He can block across. He can he can do the spectacular stuff too. But for the most part of the game, he's just going to be very tidy. He's tidy on the ball. His positional awareness is good. He'll win a header. Oh, he's such a good passer, man. He's a good he's passer. He's like with the ball at his feet. You know, very comfortable playing out from the back. You know, he can make a little run forward too, as he's done. And he's like... He, he got a little unlucky not getting a getting a goal today. Like he probably should have gotten that header on frame at least. But he is uh, he's dangerous in the box too. Uh, just a just a nice little nice little piece of business to get him in for the rest of the year. It's like like just from what I've seen, this is the guy they should be looking. Assuming they can actually pay fees in the summer, uh, given his given his age, and I almost wonder if like. Preston's going to look and be like, well, either recall him or look like we can actually sell him on for a significant fee in the championship. Maybe Wednesday will be there. Maybe they won't. But uh, I don't think you can quibble with anything he's done so far. He really hasn't put a foot wrong in the, in his time at the club so far. Yeah, another guy we're talking about another week, you know. Yeah. It's just been it's been so solid. It's cool to, uh, cool to see. You know, I think we're getting uh, – it's weird. We've done this podcast for four years now. Uh, this is the first time in the time of our podcast we've had four wins in a row. By the way, it's why I'm just going to look that up. That that, that sounds right. <laughs> no, it's two, 2017 was the last time we had four um, uh, yeah. wins in a row. Um, so it's like funny that we were really kind of like very self-aware that we're mentioning the same things because we probably haven't had a consistent thing to talk about for the last yeah. four years doing this podcast. <laughs> right. <laughs> like people are just playing well every week. What's that like? That's weird. <laughs> it's great. It's yeah. great. <laughs> 
Um, oh, uh, he is one of ours. Judge Bai is on a two-year contract. Oh, beautiful. Lovely head of hair, you know, too. Not, not to go off too far on a tangent, but an interesting thing will be to see how these guys fit in certain positions. Like, we obviously agree right now, Bayer's playing with Luongo. Um very they did. I, I'm still and, not and, entirely and, sure we were debating this whether they were playing actually playing a 4 2 3 1 today, but functionally, well, they were sort it, of sharing the role. Functionally, it looked like that. I mean, uh, it did look like Hutch and Story were playing in a more of a center back two at times, and they were pushing Palmer further forward, even he was technically playing center back. Yeah, I, I wasn't sure, but, but so Story is a guy like that. Like, I feel like Story looks excellent as the outside mm-hmm. center back in a back three. But like, if going forward is story a guy who you know can play in a two, if you have four in the back, I, I don't know. It'd be uh, what, what we're doing right now is working though. So yeah, I can't really uh, I can't really complain. But we do have to do some thumbs down. Uh, Patty, here's his uh, Wigan in the second half. I struggled to find the thumbs down because you guys have chosen ones I want to talk about. Mm. So I just chose Wigan um, because I thought they were really good in the first half. Actually, I thought they were dangerous. Yeah, you that, could that, see they that... were they were they were playing like a. So again, a, a, two promotion chasing teams. You're on the road. You maybe they they were fairly solid and dangerous on the counter, playing through the channels, and then and you know Callum Lang was a big nuisance in the first half, and then the second half was just Wednesday completely took over the game. Callum was fantastic. He's got to have some uh, people following him. Uh, I thought they scrapped well. They pressed as well. They were strong. They were skillful at times. Uh, you can see why they were the second uh, second place, but then just disappeared second half. And I think obviously a lot of that's down to our midfield and our defence. Um, but uh, yeah, disappointing they didn't come out, but also good for us. Yeah, they had one one little spell in the second half. I've got yeah. in my notes, uh, like you know, early fiftieth minute about five five minutes that we sort of they were coming at us but yeah that's a good it's a good call uh, jeff and i were discussing it i'd be curious to see and hopefully uh somebody like a friend of the pod pete Lowman, has uh re-watched the game three times already and has a good <laughs> breakdown exactly what we did to uh uh stop them because it, it worked that is not the kind of commentary you'll get on this show. You will still get you instead get Justin complaining about the substitutions, which I agree with. So, or lack thereof, I suppose. Yeah, more the timing of. Yeah. Um, we'll we'll talk about it uh, with the you know with the strikers, but I just thought we weren't going to score. I I understood their purpose <laughs> there, but they they weren't going to score. Um, yeah. You know, they, they weren't, neither of them could really handle the ball. Neither of them were putting it on, on net. Um, there were a couple crosses, including that one. I know you pointed out a WhatsApp in the 72nd minute that, hey, if had one of them fallen down, it would have been better off. Yeah. Um, absolutely perfect crosses. So, you know, at a certain point, even though you're up one nothing, I, I think we were on the front foot. I think you've got to make that Mendez Lang sub at least 10 to 15 minutes earlier. Yeah, I guess um, and, and the Brennan, the Brennan sub fine, you know, somebody would have been worn out, but you know, I, I, I just would have gotten fresher legs in on two guys who ran their sacks off today. So I think I, I, there's eight games this month, you know, Mendez Lang is still probably getting to a certain level of fitness. 
I get wanting to rotate him and give him give him as much time off as possible. And I don't even think you needed to bring in Mendes Lang in this game. You could have brought in Sulaso ten minutes earlier, who's offers a lot of the same things in in, in that particular position. Uh, you know, sort of like a second striker role. And it just I don't know. The the Brennan for Bannon thing is weird for me when they're like I get they want height. You think, especially in this league, teams are just going to start pinging it in. You want somebody that can head the ball. and But you also want a midfielder that can control possession, right? You want a, somebody that can run it down to the corner, somebody that can settle the game down when you're trying to see it out. And Bannon's certainly that guy in the midfield. So I don't know about... I thought they were going to bring on Brennan for Patterson and play more of a, you yes, know, more of so a 5-4-1, I. which would have been so fine, but... That seems to be his his sort of seeing the game out substitution. It was a little weird to me, especially given that he's the captain and that he's probably the best midfielder on the ball in those kind of situations where you maybe need to like a cooler head to make a little turn when you're getting pressed out and get it out to the wing to run down to the corner flag or any other number of things. That, uh, maybe. They, they, I don't know. They, they might actually have a bunch of guys now who... Maybe I'm comfortable with in that Maybe. position. Like yeah. I don't mind Luongo getting the ball in that position. Sure. I don't mind Marvin Johnson getting the ball in that position. Like these are guys that are going to make good decisions there. But and yeah, I just the, I given all the made, injuries, the bench is a little earlier. thin at this point too. Yeah, like oh, it's like Liam Wall. Like no, no, no shade on Liam Waldock, who I think is a is a promising prospect. A little weird to see him on the bench today, <laughs> given the given the depth in midfield. That's probably not surprising, but. Maybe yeah. he's the only he's the only central midfielder we yeah, have. Yeah, really. I think he probably is. You know, you can drop Patterson deeper and bring out another striker, which they have still uh still options there, but maybe you want a more of a true central midfield option at that point too. You know, Hutch can also push up if you want to bring out another center back, which they also don't really have. But basically everyone on the uh, starting eleven today has played center back at some point in the season. So <laughs> Yeah, I just wanted more to be more decisive today. Yeah, but you it know felt what? like it, in, in the Wigan end, it, never really looked like scoring, out, but it was always. It just felt like this can when it's like a one goal margin like that. It feels like it can get away from you. And one of the reasons was the one goal margin and my thumb da- thumbs down, which is the strikers. And like, look, Patterson and Canberry put in a shift today. Uh, they were very busy. They worked very hard. It's just we said for years. They've had striker talent and have not been able to get them service. And there was service today and the goals did not come. And neither are the first choice. And I think uh, in, a, in a front two like that, but, you know, Gregory is hurt. Uh, John Jules is now immediately hurt, which is the most Wednesday thing ever. Uh, you know, Windass is hurt as well. So they're going to be certainly in and amongst it, given the crowded fixture schedule coming up. But Man, I, they neither of them had particularly good games today. So frustrating, both of them. Uh, I, I like Patterson. I think this is an off game for him. The last two games, all he seems to have done is just run into people. Pa- Sometimes like I guess Patterson and Camberry in a in a front two is not. It just doesn't work, right? They're the same kind of skill set. They it's well, slightly different. Like Camberry is a little more. I think Camberry is not as strong as Patterson. Patterson can hold off the ball, but you feel like. Patterson was getting Canberra's balls and Canberra was getting Patterson's balls, whereas you wanted Patterson to hold up the ball and kind of lay it off. Canberra was getting those kind of chances and he was just like all over the place. His legs and arms are flailing all over the shop. He can't control it. He hasn't got his strength. He can't win a header. 
Uh, I think Canberra's performance day was one of the worst performances I've seen in the Wednesday shirt since Joey Pelopessi was on the other side. Uh, he just had a nightmare. Look, I don't, I don't think he's a terrible player, but today he was a terrible player. Um, I think he can be a lot better than that. Uh, I don't know what's going on, but he, he was awful today. Uh, he put look, he put puts a shift in, he puts a lot of effort in into it. He just couldn't get a like, control. The See, well, that's that's where I think you're being harsh, though, in terms of you know, it's always fun to throw shade at Joey, but in in a more general sense, like he he was awful today, no doubt. Like I I grant that his ability with the ball was terrible. Um, the the it, ball it just, sticks to it, him it was, is a thing. It's just. His decisions after that are not particularly good. Oh, and everything. Well, but I don't. I don't think he's always like that. I think today he was. Like today was awful with that ball. Just it was a disaster. But but he needs a clear option running off him, which Patterson is not really that right. So he wasn't set up to succeed. Yeah, but would he could have had fucking messy with him, and he would have been (laughs) bobbling that thing everywhere. He was a mess today. But that said, when we say it's that's really harsh, given that. there's so much that goes into his game, pressing, tracking people down, making runs, creating space uh, that really helps it. Uh, you know, not a great game from him, but but not as harsh as you had made it out to be, I think, Patty. And it doesn't matter since they won. So on that note, we'll there take a break, come back, cover the Wednesday news and preview the upcoming matches. time for some Wednesday news. And despite a late charge from Marvin Johnson, perhaps, Massimo Luongo wins Player of the Month. Perfectly deserved. It's it's nice to have a month where several players could credibly win Player of the Month, I suppose. Definitely. No one's going to argue about Luongo this month oh, specifically. Yeah. He's even got his own song now. Yeah, does oh, he? We, we, we need to learn this song. It's, something about, I mean, it's very hard always to pick up songs off Twitter because yeah. we're obviously at the games. It's something about Kante. Um, mm-hmm. I need to work out. Uh, we'll get it worked out for the national meetup. Sure. Uh, penalty or no? Definitely penalty. I, I, I don't, I don't, I, my initial instinct was like I, it was soft, but he he beat his man and the he, the leg was left in, so it's just given. Yeah. 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 The Wigan fans on Twitter have been all salty. Screw yeah. them. It was penalty. Uh, Lewis Gibson back in training it looks like they were posting pictures of him in a wednesday shirt so another yeah, i didn't see his like, legs he was on the torso wasn't it <laughs> so, well, i mean yeah. does he have legs who knows but, i i still think he'd be perfect uh, him him hutch story in a back three right there is is ridiculous that that will will win the fucking league if, if they stayed healthy for that only four points off second so <clears throat> Uh, past that, we don't. So they said this week there would be injury updates. I assume on like Windass and Fizz and Harley Dean and I guess John Jules as well. Uh, haven't haven't really seen them. So none of them were in the squad today. Obviously, I guess we're just gonna just gonna gonna carry on. Maybe maybe the Thursday press conference. I guess it's probably a Friday press conference because of the Sunday game. But at some future. Press availability, perhaps Darren Moore will update us on the injury situation there. But the fact well, that- the, we got we got an update from Josh Windass on Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. Um, oh no, 
he thought it was a season-ending injury, but it's not as bad as that. I think he said something along those lines. That's all he said. A fan asked him on Twitter, that's what he said. Yeah, yeah great. Yeah. Uh, I mean, we should see him by the end of the season, hopefully. Yeah. But then again, it's Sheffield Wednesday, so he could get injured again. Yeah. Uh, the other, one thing about Gregory, it's just a toe injury. I mean, sure you can play with a broken toe, can't you? I mean, what do you need a toe mm. for when you're a striker? I suppose it depends on what toe it is. <laughs> Load him up on pain kills, it'll be fine. Mm. There's a you're you're perfectly suited to join the medical staff at Jim Hill Wednesday that Maddie was done. God, I do want to uh, I do want to single out not single out there's a couple of them uh, some nice bit of social media from the club this week. I know we often uh, slag off their marketing. But they, they posted a very nice video on YouTube of uh, Palmer and Hutch going over the starting 11s for their long and illustrious careers at the club and players they played with. And they also had a, a George Byers Twitter takeover that was quite charming, I thought, as well. And just like being able to see like some personality from the team is nice. You think they hold off on these things when we're not playing well? Do you think, <laughs> I don't do you think, know. Cause... Like, maybe. Maybe just people abuse them if they if they put out these kind of funny content or like yeah, like light and see that, content. Right, yeah. get in the training room. So you think it's the reason why we haven't seen these good social media marketing things is because we've been bad for so long. Could <laughs> be. I don't know when they when they recorded the the Palmer and Hutch video specifically, but I mean, social like, media game and stuff like all this content backs up ready for when we're playing well again. I thought there was some interesting. I was always always good to see Giles Coke's name. Uh, a personal favorite of mine so i don't yeah well it was quite interesting both their choices because it was picked on basically what you don't see right it's picked on right. the, the personalities and relationships yes. that players make behind the scenes even modu sogo got a shout out from sam hutchinson <laughs> for god's sake <laughs> well it's the thing right because yeah you you don't know what it's like sort of sort of day in and, and day out i did like cut setting up like a 4-3-3 that wasn't really a 4-3-3 which was pretty funny too <laughs> Like you really put Ross Wall, like you can just play a four four two at that point. You don't have to. Uh... I think he described his position as being out wide. Yeah, out wide. You know, yes. I was like, all right. Yeah. My my favorite bit was uh, the uh, joking about uh, Samedo and Rada Johnson yeah. uh, being so intense at practice that like if you ever had I could actually see I could absolutely see Sammy and oh, Ray like, actually put like blowing people's spots up. Yeah, in practice, yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Oh, Rada too. He was oh, Rada, absolutely, yeah. So, One yeah, thing I thought was, was interesting was the Clint Morrison inclusion from uh, Palmer. Clearly, yeah. it means a lot to him as a kind of uh, yeah. a mentor. He said like his big brother. How long Palmer's been at the club at this point? Too. <laughs> yeah. well, what is I mean, Hutch, Hutch said twenty-five years, and I'm sure he was joking a little bit. I don't think he's that? wrong. No, yeah, because he was right. there as a kid, wasn't he? Like yeah. like nine years old, pretty much. I don't know how old he is yeah. now, but yeah, I think I'm a little bit uh, less than that, but still. But yeah, Clinton Morrison appearing in a Wednesday Eleven is something they don't see very often, is it? Yeah. I did like the uh, like Hutch. Uh, both of them shouting out Big Dave too is like I shouldn't even say Big Dave because it's not Big Dave. It's Eddie Newhew. Doesn't uh, like it. It's like it. Um, is that sort of like? And you could see it too, right? Because like even going back, I remember the YouTube video they did of like Chris McGuire doing a Newhew impression. You could tell that everyone at the club loved him. Oh yeah, totally. Yeah, yeah. He seems to be a genuinely nice guy from what, mm. what all accounts of him are. So yeah, that was some nice little insights. Great, yeah. 
I liked how um, Hutchinson picked Kirkland as the keeper too. I think he's obviously got a big place and it was nice that Kirkland got a, a good send-off. Well, not a good send-off. Yeah. I think it was last weekend, right? It was at the, uh, was the at ground the, last the ground, week. Yeah. And, and managed to say goodbye, which is great. Um, so yeah, it's, it's just really nice stories. It, it wasn't a typical kind of like, we've picked his best players. We've picked, it's, like, it's, it's the players that have made an impact on on those players specifically. I mean, Michael Turner, I think, got uh, Hutch's <laughs> yeah, centre-half. Sure. And I'm like, I can't even remember. Yeah, that Michael was Turner. strange. I mean, yeah. well, you never know, right? The other thing too. Like, I mean, Turner was a was a quality football. I mean, not you know, a little little past his prime by the time he ended up at Wednesday, but. If you haven't seen it, check it out on their YouTube. It's about 17 minutes long. It's yeah. a really good um, good watch. It flies by, too. I saw 17. I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm quite good. But then it just, it was good. Take an edible, Jason. It'll be fine. Yeah. I do want to mention the, the buyer's Twitter takeover was, like, surprisingly, like, endearing in a way I didn't really expect. So a lot of those things tend to be fairly uh, clo- closely controlled. In a lot of it, but he was kind of like spouting off. Like he was complaining about the pitch at Burton, talking about his. It'd be uh, a bounce. I mean, you look at Judge Byers. Yeah. You look at Judge Byers. You think it's a dry, kind of boring, prim <laughs> kind of. <laughs> I don't know. You, you strike me like a southern kind of, kind mm. of uh, educated guy, and then he comes on the Twitter and he's got all the bounce and it's a bit yeah, funny. Yeah, I was like, bounce, oh, this yeah. is surprising. <laughs> it was. It was pretty funny. Again, yeah, that's the thing, right? You, you, you take them on face value. If you don't hear them speak or you don't hear them on Twitter, you, you just make these personalities up out of thin air. And, and a lot of the... A lot of the often not the like, wrong. <laughs> when it's they're true. doing their, you know, their media hits, which is just, they just rotate through. And it's, like, it's all the very much like the very English soccer media training. Both teams tried hard. We're just trying to, you know, everyone looks good in practice. You know, it's good. It's good. We're trying to. Oh, maybe they need to interview buyers more. We haven't heard yeah. it, you know. I mean, Hutch was a guy that's always been like he knows how to say the platitudes, but yeah. he's also a guy for him to be like. You've seen his personality from. Well, he's one. also he's be cool to see George Byers' like personality on like the iFollow broadcast too. When he's been hurt, he'll come in and like yeah. they've had him hunting for color commentary here and there, and he's it's always true. I think very insightful as well. Uh, I love that him and Palmer are such yeah. good friends. Uh, Hutch it's did cute. shout out uh, Daniel Poodle, put him in at left back, and uh, he signed locally now for a club I've literally never heard of. <laughs> it's a, it's amazing. It's an amazing. So, uh, I I saw this great picture on Twitter of him. Yeah. It's it's one of the orange and black striped kits, yes. like uh, very healthy. Hull, yes. but 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 it just they nailed it. It's it's a beautiful uniform, and he's smiling, holding up, and it's called Hammer and Pincers yes. FC. I yes. said, this is the dopest shit ever. Let me look it up. They play in the Sheffield and District Fair Play League, which I said, what tier is that? They have a red link so on Wikipedia, up, so I can't pull anything up about them. Yeah, they don't even have a link on Wikipedia. Okay. So, But I looked them up. They set up. Uh, they were set up in 1998, this is quote, to, in order to provide local churches in the Sheffield District to play football in a safe, friendly but competitive environment away from the more physical Saturday, Sunday pub leagues. Oh, it's a walking so, league. It's designed for a walking football team. Is, is that what it is? <laughs> That's what it sounds like. Have you heard of those things where you like, you don't, yeah, yeah. You don't know how to run? How old are you that old, surely? Poodle's 36. No, 37, 36, yeah. How many um, has got to be a pub name, right? It's got to be a pub team. Uh, 
their website's not great. <laughs> we'll look, we'll look this up and come back next week for the info. But it I just loved like it because he's apparently he I may have gotten divorced. I don't know that that matters. Whatever his personal life is, but he's back in Sheffield right now. He's living. Yeah, how'd you, in how'd you Sheffield. Say that in the thing that he lives in? Sheffield. Yeah. That, oh, that's where I got that from. Yeah, you're right. So he's. And you know what? Good for him, man. He he loved it here. We we enjoyed him. And uh, if he gets to, you know, knock a ball around and uh, you know have some fun on the weekends uh, with some friends, that's all the better. Thirty-five caps for the Czech, Czech Republic. Hey, one cap's all it takes. Man. Yeah. He's played. He's played in the Euros. He played in the Euros when I was at Sheffield Wednesday. I think so. Yeah. I liked him, and he always had his, his best thing was that uh, he posted the picture on Instagram the day after uh, he won Man of the Match in that nil-nil against the Pigs. Oh, that somebody um, dropped like a somebody put a the, beer off his they, they, they put a They put a four-pack on his staff, and it yeah. said, something like, you boss that game, cheers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's Wednesday fans at their best. Yeah. So that covers the Wednesday news. We will now head another... Another two matches. We will start with Toy Town. Take it away, Justin. Yeah. Um, first in League One, uh, 20 wins, uh, been five losses, before. five draws. Whatever it is. It is, what it is. 55 goals for, 18 goals against. They've only given up five goals on the road all year. 18 um, goals against. Jesus. Yeah, all year. 55 goals for. Yeah, they're plus 37 right now. Um, their form is win, 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 win. Um, so they're playing well, uh, as we can expect. Um, I would like to make notes, as I did last time. Uh, Patty, this is not a fucking derby. <laughs> it's just not. You can call it a local fun game or a local derby, I guess, if you want. But it's, it's not a derby. Okay, I'd never call it a fun game. <laughs> it's always a terrible. Game. I don't know. Oh, awful. Well, beware, beware. Wednesday, section five. Rather always, uh, always there to scare us. Um, so, if, if we forget from uh, we we knocked out Rotherham two nothing earlier in the year in a game they they really dominated early, really pushed us around. Um, but we were able to get a couple second half goals, one from Camberry and one from Gregory coming in to kind of you know steal a steal a win in their house um they they have played phenomenal since they play a very aggressive three five two um with one player uh sitting one sort of holding uh defensive midfielder sitting in front of that back three and everybody else presses and when they get the ball they pass it to the furthest guy up and they shoot and they go long and they go direct and they love to get the ball into the middle uh to michael smith he's there uh big center forward. Um, he's got 16 goals in the year, eight of them off his head. Uh, he's also got six assists so he can hold the ball up. He's really key for them. Uh, I think we probably remember Freddie Latipo has kind of beaten us up the last couple of years. Um, he put in a transfer request in January and it kind of looks like he's uh, been sat since then. Uh, he had been hurt for a little bit, but we haven't seen anything of him. And they replaced him with, and I, I bring this up, Jeff, because last week you referenced Will Will Keane being on fire, but the actual man being on fire, Will Grigg, has uh, signed for them and has played a couple games. Um, they've got a great solid midfield of Ben Wiles uh, and Oliver Rathbone. Um, 
this is just a really good team. They, they got good players all over the pitch. They're fast. They're aggressive. You know, they press you. Um, it's going to be a real big challenge. Yeah, I just, like, I just want Wednesday to get a result so, like, Rodler's not putting out a commemorative video about uh, Wednesday <laughs> as they tend to do, so. Yeah, well, uh, again, I it's not a ride. It's not a, it's not a derby, so it I don't really need to pay too much attention to them in their, in their videos. Look, it's a good um, test based on their home Wednesday's form recently, so. I Theoretically, this could end up being a phenomenal yeah. game of football. I mean, it kind of sucks. We're we're looking at seven a.m. Um, East Coast. Uh, poor Mike's four a.m. Hmm. Five a.m. Just 5 stay up, Mike. That's, that's my plan. Yeah, four a.m. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, just make it. That that sucks. Um, so we'll see how it goes. Are we confident? Do you think we're going to make it? This Watch feels like a. I don't know, like. I think a lot of it depends on how the midfield plays, especially if they're pressing hard. The midfield and the wingers, they're going to need to try to be very direct and and try to break that press quickly. I don't think they're going to be able to kind of ride their luck like they did uh, at the New York Stadium. But I don't... So Wigan second with a bunch of games in hand did not look that good i think you can kind of build off that right Uh, i think it's the best time we could probably have to face top of the league right four wins four clean sheets uh i think we'll give them a good game i think it's gonna be a decent game football and it's always they're always up for it against us um and for once um i think we can probably match them quality wise the last Few times we've played them, we've kind of been like sneaky wins almost. Feels like to me, I, anyway. I yeah, we're... I do worry about their I, again off what we saw, especially in the game against Wigan. I do worry about their ability to finish. Uh, I don't know who would you start up front for these games. I think that's an important for this game specifically. I think it's an important question. Uh, assuming Gregory is not going to be fit, which I think is probably a safe bet. I, I feel like still has done enough to start. I, I think that's probably right because I. I... I, I don't feel him at all. I, I think I'm missing something. It seems to be. I, I mean, it gets in the good positions. I think he's quite pacey. He doesn't work as hard as Canberra or Patterson. Um, well, you you got to put him. It's him or Mendez Lang with one of Patterson or so I don't think you need to do that. I think you can play Mendez Lang at one of the wingback positions. I think he's probably a little bit better there than he is in sort of a second striker role. I, I so agree, too. but... I mean, so if you you're playing instead of Hunt, if you're playing you're not, more you're of a four-two-three-one, you can play him right further. Now. No, you're not sitting Marvin Johnson right now. Uh, I think you can sit Palmer for a game and put who at right center back. Well, yeah, I, I, I don't know what they're actually playing. Oh, put Johnson they, back. No, we especially with Rotham, we need that D real solid. We we, yeah. we need our defense to be solid. They're going to be good. We we're, we're going to need. I don't know who the hell is going to be in the middle to try to cover. Uh, to try to cover Michael Smith. Like he's, he's a beast. He's six foot four and he scores goals with his head. And yeah, I don't know who have, we've got to, to do that. Right Mark him is not probably the best idea in the world. So that's, that's going to be tough. Um, we're going to have to stop that. And I, I think going the other Look, way, I, I think, think we're going to have to get behind their, yeah. their outside midfielders. You, that's you the space always is. want to beat Rotherham, but they get away with a point here. I think it's a good point. Yes. 
Fair enough. That brings us to Accrington Stanley, Justin. Um, so Accrington Stanley sitting in 12th. Uh, a minus nine goal difference on the road. Uh, not great. A minus 12 goal difference. Um, you know, not, not a great team. Um, who are they? Huh? Um, so if we recall from last time playing them, they're, they're kind of interesting. Uh, they, they play a more or less a Christmas tree type formation. The two number tens in behind the, the, uh, number nine who, who leads the line, uh, that's been a guy uh, named Colby Bishop, eight goals so far this year. Uh, he's been a little bit dinged up, though, so that might be nice for us to not have to deal with him uh, coming in. And he'll have sitting behind him uh, Harry Pell and uh, maybe Matt Butcher, a couple names worth following. One name worth checking out is Sean McConville, who uh, can play out wide or in that number 10 role. He's got nine assists. He's a guy feeding the ball in. I mean, this is a pretty typical crap league one team you know they've got some talent and a couple guys who can do the job but um their form is not good right now uh draw draw loss uh draw loss win uh, and what i thought was interesting is when i gave the preview last time i mentioned their manager john coleman everything i read about him said he was super positive and jovial very quotable um and i found an article last game they lost one nothing to rotherham um they actually won today against Oxford, but their previous game, they lost one nothing to uh, Rotherham, and he was incredibly depressed and down after the game. Apparently in this game, Rotherham, where uh, they got a penalty with about you know 15 minutes to go, and when Harry Pell lined up to take the penalty, a Rotherham fan rushed onto the field and booted the ball away. Um, and... It took four or five minutes to get everything sorted and settled back then. And then Pell took the penalty and missed it. So Coleman, after the game, had a lot of talk about, I never talk about refs, but that killed us. Uh, he described himself as feeling beaten down, said there were 19 to 20 different decisions that went against them this year. Um, you know, it was really just cooked. So maybe, maybe uh, you know, that's a team that's, you know, kind of hit their peak and, uh, on their way down might be right for picking. So, uh, but that team at home, that, that, that feels like we should be able to take that win right now, the way we're playing. Patty, do we have any other business? Just the regular plug for the national meetup, April 2nd, hmm. uh, find us on owlsamericas.com, uh, sign up there. Uh, we've got some uh, good plans this week. We've been, uh, Chatting in a WhatsApp group about making things uh, happen. So, uh, all shall be announced in uh, due course. We should wait to hear back from a few more bars and venues. It is uh, coming up quicker than you think. Yeah. Let us know if you're going to be here. We've got <laughs> found out this week that uh, there's a guy getting married coming over from the UK. Uh, getting, married, getting married in New York on the 3rd of April. And he emailed us this week uh, to say he wants to come with his wedding party to the meetup on the second, which mm. blew our minds. Fantastic. Yeah. His wedding weekend, spending it with us. Just someone make sure he gets to the altar. <laughs> I don't think we should be responsible for that. <laughs> Not us, someone in the wedding party. Make sure he gets to the altar. So I'm gonna say. We'll make sure we find the best man to do that. Yeah. You've been listening to episode 166 of the Owls Americas. You can find us on the internet, owlsamericas.com. Email us at owlsamericas at gmail.com for national meetup or any other questions you have. 
And find and follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Owls Americas, our podcast intro and bumpers by fellow unsayed Reverend and the Makers. The podcast is on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Google Podcasts, Podbean, and probably anywhere else you choose to download podcasts. There's no wrong way to listen to the show, just do what feels right. Wherever you choose to consume the Owls Americast, we ask that you rate and review the show. As well as more Wednesday nights, find our ramblings. Justin is on Twitter at New England Owl. Uh, Justin, do you have any thoughts on the uh, NHL All-Star Game in Vegas this week? This past week, I suppose. Uh, yeah, it was fun. It's supposed to be fun. Sell yeah. it. Make it, make it stuff the kids like. You know, it's I, my son watched more of it than I did. And to me, that's that's probably a good thing. Patty's on Twitter at New York Owls and at Patty A. Jones. Patty, what are your what are your thoughts about a little cocktail crawl before the Friday evening kickoff of the Owls America's National Meetup? I think you're insane. Patty I think got, it's a good Patty idea. got very upset because he thought I was going to take him from the financial district to Astoria for for cocktails. <laughs> Jeff's ambitious. Put uh, yeah, way, if I'm, you I'm, we're going to have some like, crazy down, things to do. Um, yeah, so hopefully there'll be like, some little cocktails uh, to uh, sample uh, throughout the weekend or uh, Friday afternoon. Again, all to be determined, but I think yeah. there's some great things happening at the moment. So. I'm on Twitter. But at Political yeah. answer I gave there, wasn't it? It was like a Boris Johnson answer. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on Twitter. <laughs> at Jeff Federnastro. I will see you next week. And uh, probably for cocktails at the Owls America's National Meetup.